Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults, weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. I am Sensei Cash, joined as always by my co-sensei Joel. Now with oh. Kung Fu Grip. Oh. And fear does not exist in this dojo. And that'll all make sense. Have you been watching the, the Karate Kid story. show? I haven't. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I've yeah. I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. So uh think kids be fighting and they be dating. They they are fighting <laughs> to ridiculous levels. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, is it season two that ends with the High school, yeah, the bra where like he falls off the steps and, and no they're all goes to prison, <laughs> like adults are. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. We're back. We've been watching Cobra. I know we haven't. I watched. Just... Yeah, I haven't watched the. Rap. We've been busy. Only the first two seasons. Uh, the the nostalgia wore off for me pretty quick. Yeah, I was like, well, this is fun. This is, and then I was like, I just don't care. <laughs> it's they 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 hate each other, and then they kind of like each other, and then they, they hate, hate each, each other. Like the yeah, the two Danny and the other what's his yeah. fuck yeah. Uh, was that one of your favorite, like, karate, karate, karate yeah. movies? Yeah, one of my just favorite movies. I mean, I got that on VHS, Karate Kid. So what are your favorite, uh, from, like, the 80s and 90s, like, what are your favorite, like, action karate movies? Oh, oh, probably, like, Lionheart. Stay John, like, yeah. like giant John Claude's first couple movies, probably. Steven Seagal's first couple, okay. Hard to Kill, Alfred Justice. Hard for Death. Be- yeah, before like you, we didn't know what Steven Seagal was all about. <laughs> we didn't know what was to come. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Under Siege, like American. Well, what's the what's the fight one with John Claude where he does he's blinded and then does the splits? And Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah. That was Bloodsport's a good great. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about a karate. <clears throat> action hero right, guy cool. here in a little bit. I would have uh, worn my black belt. I didn't know you had one. I have a gray belt, black belt, blue belt. That's how I keep my pants up. Ah. Ah. That's from Karate Kid 2, kind of. Is it? As Miyagi says. I don't forget that. That's only for pants or something like that. And it's like, ooh, but you do have belt system. Like, <laughs> that's how karate works. Suspenders. You have belt systems. Uh, so, yeah, we've been going for a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, been busy with things. My niece graduated last weekend, so I was out of town for that. I'd like to congratulate the class of 2023. I know you're all listening. Things are going to just get fucking great for you. Strap in! Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was... <laughs> Start crying now. I was up to that, and I don't know, it was probably something else the week before. We'd be busy. We have. So, uh... Buying VHS and... Lots of VHS. <laughs> you just go ahead and tell them about what you just did. Oh, my God. My back hurts so much. Uh, VHS killed me today. I probably bought 300 tapes or something like that for $25. We maybe 400 The listing you sent me said 350 plus. Yeah. And when you sent me the first pictures, I think it was yesterday... Last, it was yeah. just that one. Well, I was looking at the pictures you sent. I was like, yeah. "That's not 350 tapes." But yeah, I, you know, I thought maybe the. I didn't even see where it said 350 tapes. A, the listing is 350 <laughs> plus. Wow! Why would I read shit, Josh? When there's a picture. Okay. So today you went and got the some of those. Some of those. How many do you think you actually got? Fuck, dude. I. 300. You probably got 300 of them. I you mean, said there's like literally, my car was jam packed. 
And there's still like another, probably the picture I sent you left. That's what's left for me to get. And I worked it out to get two racks from the guy, to like to put them up in my house. And but like half of them, like I told you, were like recorded off the TV. Yeah. And I'm not keeping any of those. Those are I'm just gonna put those on the curb and either throw them in the back of the trash compactor or someone can come pick them up. If I had the time, I would tell you to give them to me. Like I want to look through them because I'm like, man, what? Because like he kept calling her Granny, like she's dead and it's her collection. Yeah. And like I'm dealing with the son and stuff, and I just want to look at a tape and see like Bulls versus Knicks game six Eastern Conference Finals. Cool. Like that's what I'm. But it's like all like just movies. I'm just sure if you did. Doctor Doctor Oz, a lot of Doctor oh, Oz no. and Doctor Phil. No. So yeah, but I, it's a lot. I got I for the hell of a deal. Yeah. You Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Because I just saw another listing today. I was looking at Craigslist for VHS stuff, and it wasn't around here. It was like nor- more cl- towards Cleveland. But a guy had like fifty VHS, or no, it was seventy-five VHS, and he wanted the he was selling the whole lot, and it was like he had two hundred fifty dollars on there. Yeah, I was people, like you're fucking crazy. You're dude. nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like and some of those looked, tapes, I'm hoping that the you know like vinyl they'll come back. Yeah, I'm ready. Your house, your house, house curly. You can't even go back to my sled room. It's, Blockbuster it's a, wishes they it's had It's a VHS room, room now, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, where are you going to put all these new ones? <sighs> I don't know. Like I said, like, I'm getting rid of half just for the ones that are off the TV, so they won't even stay in the house. Yeah. And I'm getting those two racks. I'll just put those up in the house. And Based on what you sent me yesterday and uh, what I saw today when you <laughs> FaceTimed me, which was super... <laughs> I wonder if you were going to answer that. I don't ever... So I really, I was like trying to figure out how, but I don't ever use it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, what is he doing? And <laughs> Did then, he like, pocket FaceTime me? Well, when I first hit, and, like it kept going, you're like, he hasn't stopped it yet. Well, I didn't see anything at first whenever yeah. I first accepted it. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, he didn't mean to do this. And then there you are. <laughs> and then I just see, then you switch it over all the VHS. So I'd say between what you sent me today and the picture you sent me yesterday, uh, if that's what's left yeah. over there, I would say with him saying 350 plus, I'm going to, Guess ballpark at like four fifteen. It's it's so many. Yeah, I'm taking a truck Thursday. <sighs> yeah, there was. That's Hello, a, I'm a I'm truck. truck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's my excitement. <laughs> a lot of VHS. And then I am. I'm uh, pulling you right back in. Yeah, I, I got know. you a VCR, a TV to watch them on. Been watching, watch Jeepers Creepers every day. Watch Joyride. Yeah. Miss, uh, soon as I put Joyride in, I realized that Lily Sobieski. Uh, retired from acting a while back. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, shit, she was really good. She was really good. Yeah. Uh, Joyride, just as good as I remember, really. Yeah. Paul, young Paul Walker, Steve Zahn. I love Steve Zahn. Uh, pretty Lee's, much anything I Lee's like Steve Sobieski. Zahn. And uh, her. I can't say her name. The voice of the trucker was uh, the dude that plays Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Uh, in Silence of the Lambs. Is that also the guy from Monk? Yeah. <laughs> the detective that hates Monk. Yeah. But they always work so well they together. They always get along in the end. They always, yeah, they're like, ah, you can tell there's something there. Like, he doesn't hate him, hate him. Yeah, Ted something is his name. Levine. Ted Levine, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I have been digging to be able to, like, grab some of the VHS stuff. Yeah. I've got a whole box over there that I need to figure out what to do with. You took $20 but to... Yeah, a spider on your shirt. You don't. You took $20 to the flea market. We got a bunch last a couple weeks ago. Probably Who, try to time, get what weekend. is time? I need to find Robin Hood. The Disney Robin Hood. Okay, right, right, yeah. Clamshell. Yeah, I've been looking. I found that lot I was telling you about today that I saw on Craigslist. Uh, this is the only VHS stuff on there for Parkersburg. A lady has like 20 or 30 Disney tapes. And apparently like half of them are still sealed in the original factory ceiling. Ooh. But then I saw one copy of Robin Hood. Yeah. But then she just put like 
offer quote, offer whatever. And I'm like, I don't want, just tell me how much you yeah. think these are worth, <laughs> and I will negotiate from there. But like a, just start with a dollar. That's what I mean. If you're just going to say, give, make me an offer, a dollar. Yeah. A handshake. That's too low. Then what do you want? A handshake. How about that? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's enough about VHS. We could go on about those forever. We may. Oh, man. We would lose all our listeners. Possibly, probably. <laughs> uh, we are working on a... Uh, I'm going to work on getting a Midwayage Mediocre VHS sticker. Yeah. Uh, VHS on board. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll put stickers. one on my car. Yeah. We'll have some... We're working on trying to get some stickers available. Uh, we also probably will not have YouTube videos for the time period. We're too we're too good looking. We're too good looking. It's not fair to the rest of the world. I don't want to pull attention away from the audio, which yeah. means pulling away ad revenue. I'm tired of wearing pants. Speaking of ads on uh, our podcast, I I don't know if people get super mad at them. I could care less about them when I listen to shows. Yeah. Um, but uh, please, they've changed the way they do the ads now. So we have to be like averaging like a hundred listeners every sixty days, which should be super easy, but we struggle <laughs> with it because people don't like it. But if you think people that you're you're friends with would enjoy this, please share it with them and let them know. Yeah, because uh, we could use word of mouth is the best thing you can do with we your mouth. We just need to keep like a hundred people. Yeah, every sixty days, and we'll be able to do ads and make oh, yeah. money off of them, and Fuck then yeah. buy new equipment, expand shirts, things like that, stickers, so, more VHS. You know, like I just, yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, tell your friends on Facebook and uh, other things. And <laughs> this is going, this, we're back, we're back after a couple weeks, so finally. And uh, you got a karate hi-ya story? I got a karate hi-ya story. Oh, wait, wait, before VHS, I forgot the the last movie made on VHS. Wow. I asked you before we started recording, you didn't know. So I'm going to tell you, it's 2005. I think I can get this maybe. 2005, directed by David Cronenberg. Okay. Uh, when a pair of petty criminals attempt to rob his small town diner, Tom Stahl, Viggo Mortensen. Oh, History of Violence. History of Violence. Yeah. That was the last movie made for VHS. I forgot David Cronenberg did that. Yep. I want that on VHS now. That's, That's one of the movies I want. Just, oh, yeah. yeah That's a great movie. Yeah. I'd love to watch it on VHS. All right. Do, uh, speak, well, speaking of that real quick, uh, you know the show Archer? Yeah. Uh, and how the guy that does Archer voices Bob's, too. Oh, sure. So Archie does this uh, amazing episode intro at the beginning of one of the new seasons where, like, the season before Archer got injured. So the new season starts, and he has amnesia. But it's done. Uh, he's Bob, basically. Like, it takes place at the beginning of it takes place inside Bob's Burgers. Oh, wow. And But all the characters are drawn like Archer characters. Yeah. And he's Bob. And he uh, thinks he's Bob Belcher. And then... These guys, these Russian guys, show up, and it turns like, basically history of history of violence, like that episode. Where oh, diner. it's so fucking cool. I have to watch that. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't watch any Archer. Archer's great. I, I, like the last. I'm not gonna give it a chance. The last couple of seasons started to fall off. But yeah, it's the first few are great. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk about uh, just a just a wild man from the '60s and cool. Uh, he had big dreams. Burt Reynolds. He would have. He would have probably said he could kick Burt Reynolds' ass. All right. He's that kind of guy. Wow. So he he thought he could beat up a lot of the motherfucking people. the bandit. Like he thought he could take he thought he could like whip Bruce Lee's ass. All right. And other guys. So, anyways, we're gonna talk about John Keehan. He was born uh, on February second, nineteen thirty nine, uh, in Chicago. 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 Uh, 
think. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chicago. I was like, wait, Chicago or New York? Uh, Chicago. His father, Jack, <coughs> was a physician and director of the Ashland State Bank. His mother, Dorothy, uh, she appeared in the Chicago Tribune Society pages quite often. Oh, uh, so she was fancy. Yeah, uh, he. They were very, they were a very affluent family. They had some money. They were made of liquid. They were made of liquid. Okay. Yes, affluent. Oh, affluent. <laughs> uh, he has an older sister, Diane. In his teens, he attended Mount Carmel High School and boxed at Johnny Kulon's 63rd Street Gym. Uh, shout out Johnny Coulon. Yeah, 63rd Street Gym, baby. Oh, yeah. uh, and after graduating from high school, he Next joined... Next round's on me. That's right, Johnny. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, okay. After graduating high school, he joined the Marine Reserves and later the Army, where he learned hand-to-hand combat and jujitsu techniques. Oh. Uh, did, you ever, did you ever take martial arts as a kid? No, I always wanted to, but... I did, you I know, never, three ninjas, I ninja turtles. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely did on my, like, you know. Oh, yeah, you get some nunchucks. Time. You're yeah. always looking for fucking throwing stars nunchucks. As a kid, if you could get your hands on, like, nunchucks, you were like, I could probably yeah. just take over this whole A street. butterfly knife. To, to an effect, a butterfly knife. knife. I mean. Uh, by 1962, after the service, Keehan was teaching at Gene Wyka's Judo and Karate Center in Brighton Park. Uh, he made occasional trips to Phoenix, Arizona to study under a man named uh, Robert Trias. Trias? Who had opened the first karate school in the United States, and was a head and was head of the United States Karate Association. Uh, <laughs> karate training full time. Keehan quickly earned his second degree black belt and was appointed the USKA's Midwest rep. In the early sixties, he got two belts. Uh, quickly earned a second degree. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so second degree. In the early sixties, dojos were mostly uh, very rough, bare bone places. Uh, you didn't, you didn't, probably no Wi-Fi. You didn't really have the kids, yeah. Like doing that, you mostly had uh, cops, ex-soldiers, uh, like bouncers, just the best of guys the best. like that. Guys yeah. that Steven Seagal would walk into the bar and beat up, yeah. Basically, uh, but Keehan, wanting a bigger audience, began to organize tournaments that emphasized the flashier aspects of the martial arts. Uh, the magic. Yes, he appears on the cover of one tournament program, smashing eight rows of bricks with his elbow. He was a savvy publicist, making sure the first event he organized at the University of Chicago Fieldhouse uh, in 1963 got mentioned in the Tribunes in the wake of the news column. There wasn't a lot going on back there. He was a bit of a wrestling yeah. promoter. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. you know, like that kind of mindset. Yeah. Could you enjoy something like that as watching someone, like, break shit? No. I, I mean, maybe as a kid. <sighs> I don't even think I cared as a kid. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, mean you, I wanted to try it, I think. Yeah. But then I was always like, wow, that. Remember that, the Christian power group? I can't remember their yeah, name. My the brother had those nice stuff. The pa- uh, power? The power uh, team. Or... They would like rip phone books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Keyhan's early tournaments attracted a host of martial arts luminaries uh, like Ed Parker, June Ree, and a uh, pre Enter the Dragon era, Bruce Lee. Uh, and his tournaments also brought in a lot of new students. Uh, James Jones, a uh, now retiree living still in Chicago, signed on at Keyhan's Rush Street School the day after he attended the uh, the tournament. Um, he studied with Keyhan for three years and remembers him as an ideal instructor. "Quote: John was a per- person who focused on basics and fundamentals. He had excellent form and techniques. Uh, he also said that Keyhan was one of the few men who could sidekick or punch a brick in half." 
Uh, though at one event it took three strikes. Oh. Keehan wound up breaking five bones in his hand. <laughs> Still, he showed up to the dojo the next day, his hand in a cast, because there's no fear in his dojo either. So. Oh, no. Uh, did you ever, I mean, how often would you try like, the, the break... The like, boards and like, stuff. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Anytime there's a board there, you're going to try to kick it or punch it. And you would always do, like, you'd set it up, and you'd do the whole run through. <laughs> yeah, <we're> like, <laughs> but then, like, you'd give it that little test, like, Just, uh, you kind of saw, like, how much gives <laughs> this you got. And then if you were like, well, that's not going to break. Then you started looking around for another yeah, piece. Yeah, you'd quit. You'd quit. now I have to break something. Yeah. Uh, John, or Keyhan also Really, was, the best would be, like, the raw spaghetti noodles. Break through a lot of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. Thank you, God, for the you, power to do this. You feel tough. <laughs> um, they should have made a. That's what they sh- I can't believe they never did that. So, that whole team, yeah. whatever they were called, that yeah. was the 80s, right? Little 90s. I'm sure it started in the 80s. I can't believe that didn't, because everything did. I can't believe they never had a Saturday morning cartoon. They might have. Where, like, they were like a team or whatever, but then they also had. Like a little, like a you know, kids that were training with them and like helping them, and they could do cool stuff. Like they could have kids breaking like little tiny, like you said, like yeah. sticks but. of noodles. Keehan <laughs> uh, was also an arrogant asshole of sorts. Uh, he was. Uh, Jones again said, John was the type of person who enjoyed attention and being in the limelight. If you're talking about me, then you know about me. I thought that was a weakness. What can I do for myself instead of the art? Uh, a lot of, that's what a lot of people were. He started becoming more and more about how to make himself a star. Yeah, him over the sport. Yeah. Um, his ideas for tournaments were the biggest problem. Unlike most other teachers, uh, Keehan advocated full contact matches with no safety equipment and no pulled punches. Oh. So he's like, you go out there and you fight. Yeah. Like, Life or death. Yeah. Uh, John was six foot tall, well built, looked like a bodybuilder. Um,. According to a friend of his, uh, if you fucked with him, he was liable to hurt you. Uh, and again, like I think Keehan, from what I can gather from a lot of stuff I read about him, like I think he was like a legitimate, like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he probably sounds like a bully. Could fight, but like he was at such a basic. I think he was like he could easily intimidate guys that were just starting out or at lower levels. Yeah. And I think he always saw himself as more of the upper level, and he was never that. But he carried himself like that. He sure. talked, and he talked like he was. Uh, he charged students twenty bucks a month, which was pretty uh, expensive at the time. Yeah, sixties. And he gained reputation for being one of the first uh, white senseis in the country to accept non-white students. Uh, John uh, Jones, the guy that's been talking about him, he's a black guy, and he said, you know, hey, race never played a part in this at all. John never really that never mattered to him. Um, he was a dick to everybody. He didn't care. Yeah, uh, another friend said that John just loved the martial arts. He loved it. He ate it. He breathed it. He was blind to race. It didn't matter to him. Uh, that's the guy that he trained with back in the day, uh, Robert Trias. Uh, the reason why him and Keehan had a falling out, according to Keehan, was because that uh, basically Trias was a bit of a racist ass- a bastard. Uh. Um, in 1969, he told Black Belt Magazine, that in 1964, the USKA didn't have any persons of color in the organization. Uh, the only one that, of that organization, the only dojo that would allow the men was Keyhands. And so he said, other than that, nobody else in the organization huh. did that. Uh, and Trias didn't like that at all. He hated it. Um, but Tri- Trias, Trias, however you say his name, and later on in 1975, he would say that that was complete nonsense, um, that he never had 
any problem with anybody at all. Yeah. Just, um, so, uh, tri- Triaz would later say that Keyhan was given too much power, too young, and too fast. Ooh, like a Jedi. Like Anakin. <laughs> yes. Uh... And he, he, he wasn't wrong. On July 22nd, 1965, Keehan and Doug Dwyer, a longtime friend and fellow instructor, were arrested after a drunken attempt to blow out a window at Gene Wykus' school, Wykus's school with a dynamite. With a stick of dynamite. Damn. Uh, after they were apprehended, Dwyer was charged with four traffic violations, which don't know how that. <laughs> and Keehan was charged with attempted arson, possession of explosives, and resisting arrest. Uh, they both got two years probation. <laughs> I can't believe it in the 60s. For blowing up, uh, trying to blow up. You could have a stick of dynamite. Yeah. You try to blow something up, and they were like, eh, just, you know, be at home. <laughs> Don't do it again. Around the same time, Keehan bought a lion cub, which at the time was legal. Uh, it didn't become illegal until 19, in Chicago until 1969, <laughs> or in Illinois, uh, until 1969 when the Illinois Dangerous Animals Act. But, yeah, he just bought a lion club. Uh, he would walk it around. He keep he kept it at his dojo. And then he would walk it around town on a leash. So this is a to- totally normal totally normal dude. That's a Mike Tyson shit. Yes. In the summer of 67, he promoted uh, an exhibition in which uh, a bull would be killed with a single blow. Uh, Keehan f- purchased a bull from the stockyards and drove it around town on the back of a flatbed truck. Uh, with signs announcing the events, event. He wouldn't be the one to do it himself, though. Uh, instead, he picked one of his students, a 19-year-old student named Arthur Rapkin, Aww. to do it, which is not something you want to probably hear. Like, you don't want to be approached one day. <laughs> you know, guess what you get to do this weekend? You're going to be the star of the show. I am? Yay! Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm ready, Sensei. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need. <laughs> but then well. I need you to kill this bull with one punch. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> so, bull killing was actually the signature stunt of karate legend Mas Oyama. <laughs> so, he just killed a lot of bulls, apparently. Wow. Uh, Rapkin, initially, he was he was into it. He was going to do it. Uh, then... Uh, let me see. In a Tribune article about the event, oh, he so Rapkin said later that uh, if the police prevented him from attacking the bull in the middle, he would just go kill it on the truck on State Street if necessary. So he oh, wow. He was, yeah, he was fucking... I'm going to murder this bull. <laughs> but after the seats were filled, Keehan announced that the event had been shut down by uh, the Chicago SPCA. In hindsight, Arthur Rapkin says he believes Keehan and associates... Never seriously considered staging the event. Uh, they were probably just trying to like make like make him. It was like probably a prank on him. Yeah, which is a big prank to pull off. Like, I mean, did they sell tickets or pay like, for the bull? I'm gonna put expenses into driving it around. I'm gonna sell tickets, and they're going to say, "Ah, it was a joke, haha." Just to see who the sick fuckers are. Like, who's yeah. gonna pay to watch someone kill a bull? <laughs> That year, uh, Keehan, so here's where our story really begins. That year, Keehan legally changed his name to Juan Rafael Dante and began insisting those around him call him Count Dante. He's half the turtles. Rafael Dante. Dante. Well, not really Dontello. Never mind. (laughs) Shut up, Joel! Uh, He told people that he wanted to reclaim the royal title he lost, after his parents immigrated to the U.S. in 1936, 
during the Spanish Civil War. Uh, however, though, he was a, uh, you know, he was a Southside Irish guy. Uh, so, possibly? I don't know. Uh, but he somehow decided that he was going to be a Spanish count. Uh, so, you know, people needed to call him Count Dante now. Yeah. Regardless, his new name and background came with a flashier stage presence. At a 1967 tournament he'd ha- he uh, held at Lane Tech, he arrived wearing a flowing cape and brandishing a cane capped by a lion's head. He had dyed his hair jet black and had neatly trimmed uh, a neatly trimmed beard, reflecting his new sidekick as a cosmetologist. So karate instructor by day, (laughs) cosmetologist later on in the day. Also in 67, he opened a salon, the House of Dante. Uh, Arthur Rapkin recalls... The 60s were wild. You could do anything. You and your pet lion. Yep. Just hairdressing and (laughs) karate chopping. Uh, Arthur Rapkin recalls that Keehan recommended hairdressing to him as a profession... The flexible hours will let him pursue martial arts training. And it wasn't a bad way to meet the girls. That's <laughs> uh, what Arthur... It's karate driving them the fuck away. He's like, come on back and I'll cut your hair. Suited up. Hi-ya! In his new persona, Keehan decided to play, make a play for national recognition. Inspired by Kung Fu Dim Mok, or the Poison Hand, uh, these strikes which emphasized thumbing out people's eyes, oh. uh, flaying their skin. See, I like to I like to use my pinkies because people don't expect it. It's, it's a little ticklish at first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, the pinky. They 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 kind of admire. It. They're 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 like, wow. Yeah, you know, I did. I, you know, I was worried about the thumbs. And that come out the pinky and just slap them out. Pop, pop. Yep. And then you just <laughs> 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 wiggle my little pinkies with they their eyeballs it, on so. them. It's for me. You know, it's, it's for me. Like insult to injury that you're mocking them and they can't <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, but it's for me. Yeah. I, just, I describe <laughs> it as I'm doing it. Look at you. I'm like, you can't see, but I have one of your eyeballs on each of my pinkies. And I'm just I'm just making them bounce up and down all, all, all crazy. I'm going to lick them. <laughs> uh, so, thumbing out people's <laughs> eyes. Uh, flaying skin. Oh. Now, I mean, flaying is done with a knife. Sure. So, what... <laughs> like, are you flaying the skin with? Because it's the poison hand. Yeah. Oh. Did they so. figure out a way to like slice people's skin? Maybe they would have like coke nails, and when they're oh, not maybe. doing cocaine, they like would learn how to sharpen them for skin flailing. I will say this: if I had been introduced to cocaine, yeah, in my twenties, uh-huh. early twenties, sure, I would have one thousand. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Like Sixteen, seventeen. If I'd have been introduced to cocaine. I would have one thousand percent, like pursued a karate. <laughs> oh yeah, path. I know. I would be like, yeah. <laughs> Hiya! I, I thought you were gonna, like. I thought you were gonna say you're gonna have, definitely have like the coke nail, the big long I would pinky still have nail. It, just remember, Is uh, it, was it the pinky? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's the, it's usually the pinky's the best for that kind of thing. Yeah, out of your way. And then it also helps poke out eyeballs. Yeah. So not only can you use it for a bump, then you're like. Give me them balls, eyeballs. Balls and bumps, baby. Balls and bumps. So, thumbing out eyes, flaying skin, fish hooking lips. All right. Which isn't so much of a strike as it is just a fish hook. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't want to go in anyone's mouth. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> if you fish hook, if somebody like would fish hook you, they're just gonna just bite, bite their. The yeah, I can lose the finger. Yeah. 
Yeah. Karate ain't gonna save you from that. So, uh, Kihan assembled the world's deadliest fighting secrets pamphlet, <laughs> which promised to teach its readers to teach readers his quote dance of death. These are all like dance of death. Like that's got to be an action movie. From that, the I 70s. think that's a cigar movie. <laughs> yeah, dance of death sounds like a Chuck Norris. Movie. Yeah, or a Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a rapid combination of attacks designed to leave your opponent in a writhing, bloody heap. He heavily advertised this pamphlet in comic books, so because he was really hoping he could start reaching like a like the youth, you know, yeah. younger people to get them in. So the uh, the nerds. Let me give you a. I'll post this later online for uh, people to look at, but let me let you see it now. This was the ad in the comic books for old Count Dante. Oh, okay. See what he's doing with his fingers yeah. there? See that cool fi- beard, facial hair? Yeah. Yeah. It is the deadliest man alive. So. I can't see it now. The. On the flyer, yeah, Count Dante, deadliest man alive. And then there's a little blurb here. Count Dante is the undefeated supreme grandmaster of the marsh- of the fighting arts. Count Dante won the world overall fighting arts championship in the master and expert divisions. Oh. After defeating the world's top masters of judo, boxing, wrestling, kung fu, karate, aikido, etc. 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 What else? Whatever other ones you Amish hand to hand. Uh in death matches. On August 1st, 1967, the World Federation of Fighting Arts crowned the count the count the world's deadliest fighting arts. Oh. Now, the world's deadliest fighting secrets can be yours. Free. It's not free though. What is free is you pay for the haircut, then you get the karate for free. So you had to send this in. You had to put your name and address on and stuff. And then uh, there's a little thing here that says, "Rush my free brochure on Count Dante's." And the Black Dragon Fighting Society books, supplies, and equipment. I enclose 25 cents to cover postage. As a special bonus for ordering early, I will receive a free Black Dragon Fighting Society identification card. Not bad for a quarter. <laughs> you know? Ah, yes. Looking back, uh, a little pamphlet showing you how to, like, poke Kill people's people, eyeballs. Yeah. And you get a, you get a, a, a card. Uh, so yeah, he was known as you know the deadliest man ever lived. And that card would get you so much tail. So much. <laughs> Whenever you would go to like uh, you know pay for something, yeah, you could just oh accidentally drop that. <laughs> oh my my um, the fighting arts card. You get carded to buy cigarettes or <laughs> beer. And they ask for it. And, oh, did I? I meant to give you my license, but that is that, I am in. That's that. me. Yes. Uh, any uh, rude guys been in here that I can go? <laughs> hey, don't talk to a lady that way. Uh, he was called the deadliest man who ever lived. He was called the Crown Prince of Death, and he was also the Supreme Grand Master. He's got some good nicknames of the Black Dragon Fighting. Oh, that sounds kind of racist. The Black gr- Dragon Fighting Society's the gr- the Grand Supreme Master. Yeah, yeah, let's leave out that part. I don't like that. But just the Black Dragon Fighting Society is pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, world's deadliest fighting secrets was very much. Keyhan's vanity project. Uh, the fam- the pamphlet's first two inside pages were a sustained brag about the martial arts he'd mastered, his strikingly handsome looks, and his devotion to classical singing. <laughs> Interesting guy. Uh, those were followed by photos of Keyhan in a black silk gi, demonstrating techniques like the groin slap. Oh, which I don't know if that's like the 
you know. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> the back tag. Oh, the back tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the groin slap or grab, <laughs> or or the groin grab and tear off. Oh. Which, that's uh, that's McGruber's thing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Which I need to go back and see if McGruber caused this or not. But apparently, that is known as monkey stealing a peach. Oh, monkey stealing a peach! <laughs> yeah. Now I want a tattoo of a monkey with a peach. Well, Just only out me, you, me, the only one that's gonna know. And the four people that listen to this. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We all get together, get the tattoo together. Monkey and a peach. We'll be the monkey stealing a peach fighting society. Yeah. Uh, he just ripped dicks off. So the pamphlet wasn't entirely like bullshit, though. Uh, it taught you how to do a single blow or attack. Uh, taught you how that a single blow or attack could fail. Um, thus, trying to teach people that you know once you like you have to keep fighting till you win. Yeah. Um, it's not known how many comic book readers ponied up. Uh, see, now this says from this article I found the stuff. It says ponied up five bucks for a copy. But the article clearly says Quarter. just send twenty five cents in. So yeah, I don't. Anyways, uh, but so he didn't make a ton of money off that. But uh, he he's getting did, his name out there. Um, but he did make. I mean, he made money somehow because in nineteen sixty nine he'd opened up three new Imperial Acad- Academies of Fighting Arts in the city. He also continued to hold full contact tournaments in his bad boy rep. Begin rubbing off on the larger Chicago martial arts scene. He just slapped people in the dick. I'm like, quit hitting my dick. He's like, oh, you can't. I'm sorry that I'm such a karate master dick kick. Fish hook shit. Yeah, yeah. How you gotta go get that? <laughs> Why am I paying I'm you? I'm fighting with honor here. <laughs> I bowed to you. <laughs> uh, That's when you first kicked me in the dick. Eager to prove the effectiveness of his fighting system, Dante issued challenges to a number of well-known fighters of the day. On July 28, 1968, word of one such challenge made the headlines of the gossip rag, the National Informer. Uh, Dante showed up at the Southside Chicago home of Muhammad Ali. I'm then, sorry, who? Then still Cassius Clay. And he, oh, okay, Cassius Clay, sure. And he challenged him to a he challenged him to a duel. <laughs> and like Ali was just like, mm, I just who are you? Yeah, like, no like, way. I'm not, it's not. So that never happened. Uh, Black Belt Magazine refused to cover Keyhands tournaments. And yeah, he probably drove by the house and he's like, yeah. told me, I'll oh, stop, I'll sure challenge him to a fight. Uh, in 1969, Black Belt Magazine published a roundtable conversation with, in which several Chicago instructors laid into Keyhands tactics. Uh, Keyhand claimed to have taught 60% of Chicago's karate instructors, to which Black Belt Magazine managing editor replied, which is one reason why Black Belt didn't cover Chicago. Uh, which I don't know if that means, like, if he is teaching that many of them. They don't want to. They don't actually know what the fuck they're doing, and yeah. they're just, like, gouging people's eyes out. <laughs> dick slapping. Uh, so we will take a break there. And we'll Let's slap our dicks. We're going to take a break, slap our dicks. All right. Uh, gouge some eyes. Nope, I'm just all dick slapping. Okay, just gouge <laughs> some dicks. We'll be right back. Slap some eyes. What are we, Joel? What? We're good. We're back. We're back. We're back. I'm good boys extraordinaire. That's where my mind went first. Went. We should. I do. We have to rehearse. We should have rehearsed. Uh, we don't rehearse. We don't. <laughs> we're, well, were you re- rehearsing? <laughs> uh, so on April twenty fourth, nineteen seventy. So uh, you know, Count Dante's challenge to Muhammad Ali is went unanswered. Yeah. Uh, everybody else is like they're not covering him because he's just basically. <laughs> Committing he, crimes against he's, people. He's a bullshitter. Uh, he's just slapping dick and gouging eyes. So, 
this guy named Ken Nuts, and he was a he was a uh, Ken Nuts, K N U D S O N Nudson. Nudson. Uh, he was a student. He got a call from another student named uh, Jim Konchevich. Uh Jim told him that Count Dante wanted to visit a rival dojo. The Green Dragon, everything's a collar and a dragon. The Green Dragon Society's black. I want to be the Lavender Dragon. The Lavender, I like that. Uh, The Green Dragon Society's Black Cobra Hall of Gunfu and Kenpo. All right. I don't know if Gunfu is a misspelling there. It was supposed to be Kung Fu. But Gunfu is like what John Wick does. Yeah, Gunfu, that's a good term right there. I think they call it that. Oh, really? I think that is what the people oh, like. If not, you better bleep this out so no one steals it, and you'll be a billionaire. Yeah. A billionaire. I'm going to get gun. I gotta, I'll call Keanu. Yeah. Keanu, I know what you Dude, need to Dude, pr- they're prepping for a John Wick 5. I hope there's a John Wick 46. It's I will just, watch every John Wick movie. It can never end because there's always going to be someone that he kills 100 people in the movie. There's got bound to be. The odds are forever in his favor. There's bound to be a relative or a friend that wants revenge. And I can't wait to watch him. And they're like, oh, what? You got a new lamp? I'm going to break your lamp. And John Wick's like, I like that lamp. But now he broke John's lamp. Yeah, but now he's got to kill 100 other people yeah. get back into the Russian mob. Or he's going to get out of the Russian mob. Oh. And then he's got to, like, kill a hundred other people. Yeah. And then, like, he's like, I didn't even like that lamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a giant boner right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch every John Wick movie. <laughs> You'll slap out. all the dicks. <laughs> I want them to start doing John Wick versus, like, other uh, action heroes. Like, just oh, other stars yeah. and things. Like, give me... Uh, Jason Bourne versus John Wick. That'd be cool. Yeah. What was one I thought of? I thought of one the other day that would have been... Uh, fuck, I can't remember now. Uh, really good action movie that just came out not too long ago. Anyways. Terminator versus Jason, like, John Jason Wick. Statham, like, yeah. Transporter versus yeah. John Wick. Crank Jason Statham. All sorts of shit. Yeah. yeah. John Wick in space. We get it. You want to fuck John Wick. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. Keanu is amazing. <laughs> he is. He I is. get so, uh, we'll get way off track here. Uh, so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know much about, um, uh, you know that guy that you keep, I keep, like, seeing in headlines and stuff? Andrew Tate. Yeah, and he, like, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if he did something, if he was a sex trafficker. I, 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 think, I think that's, that's the what, gist. So he's apparently like over, see, like over another country right yeah. now. Whatever, he's in prison somewhere in another. Well, country. I think he's out now though. But yeah, but like I didn't know, I didn't know who that guy was until that happened. Thank God, I yeah. never heard of him. Yeah, but then like I saw some of his videos where like people post clips, and he's just like a misogynistic, just. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Just a gigantic piece of shit. Rich and just... But apparently, piece, yeah. like, younger, like, boys and men, like, boys to men, like, apparently they, like, I mean, like, he had a huge audience of, like, young male... Like, young oh, male not audience. the R&B group, boys to men. <laughs> no, they might have liked him, too. Okay. But no, no, he had, like, a very, like, huge audience of young men. Yeah. To, and I'm like, how did that dude get a platform... And do this when, like, I saw a video of Keanu Reeves at a convention, and this little kid comes up to him, and the little, little kid's holding uh, the figure of John of Keanu's character from Toy Story. Yeah, I saw that. And like, he's like super interested in this kid, and he's yeah. like asking him stuff, and like, and I was like, why is like, how are we not pointing <laughs> like young males and like, look at this dude? Yeah, he like in pictures with celebrities, he's like, excellent with women. He doesn't put his hand. Yeah. Like, he keeps his hand at a distance. Like, he's such a good dude, but we somehow, like, I don't know how... I'd let him marry my daughter. 
I mean, eventually. I'd marry him today. Okay. Well, she's, <laughs> you know, let, let's give it a couple years. No, Keanu, not your daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, you mean like, I, 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 can, I be the, can I be the minister? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back. Let's get, All back. Right. Let's get back to this. <laughs> Gung Fu. I will watch every John Wick movie. Uh, so he said the, the student, you know, the students call each other and one told the other, hey, Count, Count Dante, he wants to go over this rival dojo. Uh, and, you know, when he was asked what the beef was with this other dojo, uh, John said, uh, or uh, Jim Konchevich said, oh, you know, Dante, over abroad or something. Uh, so the. <laughs> You know, Some honorable. The, the Nutson guy, he was training. Uh, he took a pass, and he was like, no, I'm good. That sounds like, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. So uh, uh, the three men, though, had been friends since the early – these three guys are t- – the two guys are talking to Count Dante. They've been friends since the early 60s. Uh, Konchevich was one of Kehan's top students. He ran his own dojo on the west side, the Taijutsu School of Judo and Karate. Uh, Jimmy – wasn't a battler, a battler, Dunstan said. He was notorious. He was legendary for getting in a street fight. Or he was a bat, like a fighter. Yeah. The What do they call the guy in uh, Seamus' group? The uh, Blue, or no. Uh, or the, who's the blue-eyed battler? I Jim know. Ross always calls him the blue-eyed know. battler. Uh, Moxley. Uh, he was always getting in a street fights. He would just like, they, he said he would just maul people. <laughs> um, most accounts agree that, Count Dante did call the Green Dragons Dojo earlier that evening. In an article published a year later in Official Karate Magazine, Ooh. he claimed that he and his students had received death threats. Okay! Official Karate! <laughs> okay! <laughs> and that he planned to level their entire instructor force. Oh, to the ground! To the ground! I will, oh, that's there will a, be that's fear. a business rental shit right there. There will be fear in their dojo. Yeah. To do it, he called another friend, Michael Felkoff. Uh, Felkoff. And then Konchevich. Uh, he described uh, Felkoff in an article, uh, in the article, as an animal, uh, as being an animal as a fighter with a killer instinct. Uh, today, Felkoff says he was only called in to act as a mediator. <laughs> so, when Count Dante arrived at Konchevich's dojo, he was dismayed to see that Konchevich had called in three of his younger students to join them. Uh, Count Dante later described them dismissively. Uh, he said two were only skinny kids who worked a whippy, snappy, and ineffective karate, and a third was <laughs> they a- wouldn't even hit a dick. <laughs> and, a- and a third was a short, pudgy clod. He was really good to dig pigs. That was mean. Kicks, punches. Uh, still, he led the group to the Green Dragons Black Cobra Hall. I think they were like snapping on the yeah. way. You know, oh, oh, yeah. Where the Black Dragons going after the Green Dragon? Because he likes to sing. <laughs> and he's a cosmetologist. You know, he's you know he's dramatic. He was. Well, yeah. He's they were they were dancing right. instead. He wears a cape. They would like walk and then like kind of do something where they kind of back up for a second and all start walking forward again and just snap, 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 snap. Uh, according to the Chicago Tribune article, Keehan broke down the front door and found six green dragons inside. Felkoff, who arrived late, <laughs> not a good. Felkoff, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Recalls that the green dragons. You got an example for these young little dick kick punchers. <laughs> He says that the Green Dragons were armed, okay. were armed with Chinese weapons. Oh. Uh, somehow, or somebody, it's unclear who, made the first move, and accounts disagree with what out, about what happened next. According to Black Belt Magazine, one of Keyhan's men struck a Green Dragon member, Jose Gonzalez, which is the guy, isn't that the guy that trained uh, Shawn Michaels? 
Jose Lafario. Uh, Jose or Gonzalez like. might be like a baseball player. There yeah, sure, sure. End the eye with a nunchaku. Ooh, nunchaku. While a black ta- a black belt Times article says that Keehan himself attacked the instructor, lacerating his right eye badly enough that it required surgery. He went fight for the eye. Yeah, he did. Hey, hey. That's what you do. Dante walks you in. can't fight without when you can't what you can't see. You can't punch what you can't see. Shield your eyes. Yep. I've always. I thought I do eye push-ups. I With mean, my eyelids, I do push-ups. Let me Try see, it. Let me see six. No, I've done so many today. I'm done, okay? Okay. All right, I don't do any exercise after three. You know this. Don't do any the next time we record. Okay. Make sure you save yourself. Get I'm yourself. just saying, if, try to go for my eyes. No, I dare you. I want to see. I, <laughs> oh, God. I could have taken both your eyes. <laughs> no, I got glasses. If you didn't have glasses, I could have had both your eyes. Uh, that's what I want you to think. I'm wrong. Uh, ah! Stop it. Okay. Greenwald. My eyes are so tired from all the push-ups. Uh, in every version of the story, however, uh, Konchevich was ready to dance. <laughs> I think they mean fight. According to the tribute. Yeah, he's like, come on, guys. He's like, we did the whole way over well, here. Yeah, we danced the whole way over here. Let's just let's just try it. Dante, you're weird to me. Like, what are we doing? Are we fighting or dancing? Uh, according to the Tribune, he struck one green dragon, Jerome Greenwald, which I guess they only let in people with green in the last night, yeah, that makes from sense. behind and began punching him. Greenwald grabbed a sword from the wall and stabbed Konchevich while trying to block a blow. You don't bring a sword to a kung fu fight. <laughs> or don't bring kung fu to a sword <laughs> fight, I guess. Uh, Count Dante shouted for everyone to stop fighting or he called the cops. <laughs> he started this! He broke into our That's door, what man. Wanted. <laughs> uh, Ow! Konchevich had enough life left in him to yell at everyone to get the fuck out. He ran out the door and stumbled a few feet before falling. Follow, uh, yeah, falling. His three students had bolted and called the police. According to the Tribune, Greenwald, age 20, was arrested and charged with murder. Count Dante, 31, was charged with aggravated battery and impersonating a police officer. Uh, that's because he, when he first showed up, he didn't exactly kick down the door. He said he was a uh, Chicago this, the Chicago PD was here. Yeah. And then when... That sounds like something Seagal would do. And then when they opened the door, he like, hi, y'all. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black light in deception. Black belt in deception. <laughs> yeah. uh, Konchevich, 26, died on the sidewalk. Oh. From getting stabbed in the... Oh, over Kung Fu. Over... We, they, we still... Like, he's going to get to heaven if there is a heaven. They're just going to laugh at him. They're going to be like, that's what you're here for. You guys are fighting with Kung Fu. And is it true that you danced the whole way there? Yeah, you were stopping your fingers. So, uh, Count Dante's attorney was Bob Cooley, who later worked for uh, The Outfit, which uh, means, you know, the mob, oh. until the late 80s. I don't think it means, like, the band The Outfit. Or, yeah, wait. Outfit. Who did, uh... Put me in, coach. No, That's who did outfield. the, uh... Oh, fuck, now I forget the song. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your eyes. Take my eyes. You, you don't deserve them. I don't. I don't. I, well, fuck it. Where he uh, middle aged mediocre. But Cooley had wore a uh, wire for federal investigators in Operation Gambat, uh-huh. which apparently was probably a mafia thing. A mutual friend recommended him to Keyhan in his 2004 memoir, When Corruption Was King. Cooley recalls his first meeting with Count Dante by describing his client as a tall, wild bearded man. While wearing a yellow fishnet leotard and a purple cape. Oh, nice, I'm man. a karate master. Yes. You're a what now? Uh, okay. <laughs> As, yeah. For the trial itself, Cooley wasn't too worried. 
The state built its case against Keehan around the accountability statute, uh, arguing that he bore responsibility for Konchevich's death. Uh, Cooley was prepared to assert that there was no way Keehan could have anticipated the sword play that ensued at Black Cobra Hall. They went there for a karate they, fight. Yeah, it's karate place. They're going to have karate weapons. And yeah, sure, this guy's known to, you know, gouge your eye. Yeah, he went straight for someone's eye. He's like, we, we would never bring swords. Off, yeah. but swords. He uses his hands for that, goddammit. <laughs> in 1971, the judge in the case dismissed all charges, uh, but not before... Uh, Basically telling both sides you're each as guilty as the other. Like just knock it the fuck off. <laughs> you grow fucking up. weirdos. <laughs> just grow up. <laughs> Watch the movies like the rest yeah. of them. Though Keyhan was acquitted, his name was blackened. Inner school rivalries and after hours grudge matches were common, but this was the first time anyone had died. So maybe that scene in Karate Kid, the show Cobra Kai, maybe yeah. because it says after hours grudge matches and inner school rivalries. So maybe like that's life is so hard. Just imagine like fucking kung fu on top of it. I gotta, oh, I gotta get together with everyone else. Like you just see like your enemy. You're like, all right, well, fuck. I guess we gotta fucking. Okay. All right, here we go. See, I think that's why I would adapt. Gouge your eyes. Because I only, I, I want to be the guy that they're like, don't fight him. He will (laughs) rip your ball sack. (laughs) Gouge your eyes out with your dick. He rips your dick off and then he gouges (laughs) your eyes out with your dis. And dismembered penis. Craziest thing is, he gets you super hard first. So that way it's <laughs> he lulls you in, really. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like silky, silky fingers. They're so, so soft. So, from what I've heard. What if, I still have my eyes and penis, so I don't know. Uh, so, where am I at here? Uh, so, those, those things are common, but this was the first time anyone had actually died during one. Uh, Count Dante offered. Uh, Truce in an, art, in an official karate article. There are so many karate magazines. <laughs> uh, he said, I blame... How are there so many karate magazines? We talked about black belt karate, official, official karate. Uh, I think there was one just called The, the Karate Magazine. Um, he says, I blame myself to a great extent for being responsible for us going over to the Black Cobra Hall. Just not yeah. enough legally. Dude, you're the one that wanted to go. <laughs> Uh, and have gone through living hell because of it. My days of fighting at the at the drop of a hat have come to an end, and challenges I will accept no more unless first attacked. Or if it's a dance off. So he's he's setting up himself for the movie where, you know, I'm retired from that. Yeah, I don't do that no more. Uh-huh. And then they're like, all I do is cut hair. You've got to. You're already over. <laughs> just one more time. So and he doesn't do it, and they're like they kill one of his students. The movie was apparently quick because his, his vow was short lived. Oh yeah, <laughs> Cooley recalls uh, Count Dante <laughs> beating up two men in a liquor store parking lot after they laughed at the boat at the bogus Spanish coat of arms on the door of his brown Cadillac, and then he assaulted another guy. How dare you enjoy life, sir? Sha 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 sha! No, they laughed at it like they made fun of it. I, yeah, but said, still, laughter is not allowed. He said, I shout out, murder you. If someone laughed at like, how whack my shit would be, I'd be like, thank you. I'd, uh, I'd snap my you, fingers. That's and, why you're not a karate master. No, no. Uh, I leave people's dicks alone. That's right. Okay? He also, dick on to others as you'd want dicked on to you. Yeah. What, that's, dick on others as you <laughs> Dick on to others oh. as you would want dicked upon you. That's Yeah, that's in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, it should be. I think it is. I'm putting my dick at right least, in the Bible. I think that's like 17 different <laughs> chapters that shows up. Uh, he also remembers... It's in every karate magazine, too. <laughs> he also remembers Dante 
uh, assaulting another guy that had called him a fruit in a bar. Uh, I mean, it was the 60s, it was yeah. 70s, and he was wearing, like, Oh, yellow, yellow, purple leotard. jackets and yellow leotards. So you are going to hear something. Which, whatever, do you, Dante. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at you. I mean, I'm mad about whether, you know, you're an egotistical prick, but, you know, do what makes well, you happy. I'm sure, you know, at that time, that gets said a lot. You yeah. probably you probably can't just karate fight every every problem. Yeah, you, you can't karate fight your problem. I think that's the biggest lesson I hope people take away from this episode, <laughs> is you can't karate fight your problems away. Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. No. Some. A handful. Sure. Yeah. Hi-ya. <laughs> Get them out of here. But other ones, you know, it's, it's, it's karate of the soul. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to write a book? <laughs> One night, uh, Cooley and Count Dante had an argument during which uh, Count Dante took a grazing swipe at his chin that put Cooley in such pain he felt that his skin had been ripped off. So the He does play. play. Yeah. He knows how. His his hands may be super thin. Is what well, it could also be too like you know how like if boxers get hit right there like on that cheekbone. There's like parts on your yeah, skull. Yeah, like there's just parts. The old school way of getting blood. The, yeah, wrestling. the hard way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's probably what it is. It's just he knows like where to put That's the pressure. And, uh, Teach me your ways, Dante. Dante immediately apologized and promised to make amends by showing him a trick. Oh, that would not make it magic. You're gonna make it better with magic. The trick, if Cooley got his pistol and fired at him, he'd catch the bullet. No, I'm done. This is, I'm, I quit. We'll come back to this. I quit. We'll come back to that because on July 20th, 1973, <laughs> both the martial arts and the entertainment worlds were rocked as reports emerged that Kung Fu superstar Bruce Lee had died in Hong Kong yeah. under a shroud of mysterious circumstances. Lee, suffering with an intense headache, had taken uh, like a mix, uh, prescription painkiller that was given to him by Betty Tingpei, the actress slated to co-star with Lee in the unfinished film Game of Death. Laid, Lee laid down for a nap in Pei's apartment, slipped into a coma, and passed away in the night. Uh, the coroner who conducted the autopsy ruled Lee's tragic demise as death by misadventure. Oh. And concluded that Lee had suffered several cerebral edema or brain swelling in a strange reaction to one of the ingredients in the painkiller. Despite that ruling, though, throughout Lee's adoring fan base, reeling from shock and willing to accept his tragic death as accidental, uh, came with it a, a ton of speculation and rumor. One rumor was that uh, his death had been orchestrated by the Chinese crime organization known as the Triads in retribution for Lee's refusal, refusal to indulge them in protection fees. Another suggested that Lee had been involved in a street challenge and was killed by an opponent's use of dim mock, um, which is the eye gouging and ball smashing. Okay. Uh, on August 17th, or on August 15, 1973, nearly one month after his passing, Enter the Dragon, the film that Lee completed in April of that year, was released to U.S. theaters. Uh, boosted by the star's even greater uh, post death notoriety, the film earned a worldwide box office take of more than $90 million and ignited rabid international interest in the martial arts. Uh, feverishly, film studios on both sides of the Pacific Ocean began searching for another martial artist who could fill the ravenous void left in Bruce Lee's wake. Count Dante was said to have been tapped by Counselor Films to appear in a screen test and flown to Hollywood for casting consideration. Just whatever you do, don't try to shoot, catch a bullet in the meantime. According to... To William Aguilar, uh, <laughs> Counselor Films attempts to capture his controversial mentor he had trained under, Dante. 
those attempts would prove futile. The man claimed that the cameras used by the studio somehow failed to capture Dante's brutal, lightning-fast hand techniques. I can see that. Cameras just not strong enough for how no, for this No, from 1970s? Uh, yeah, sure. They this guy ordered your dick off before you even know what happened. They can make Star Wars. They can't capture the <laughs> essence of this guy. No. An additional claim was made that the company's insurance was covered. Coverage was canceled after the Dante uh, screen test, uh, which is actually probably more likely because apparently the world's deadliest man refused to pull any of his punches and kicks for the screen test, resulting in injuries to several of the martial artists hired by the studio. I think this guy is Steven Seagal. <laughs> I've watched so many YouTube videos about actors when that started movies with Steven Seagal. He's like broken jaws, yeah. like just the worst shit. He does not pull his punches. Who was it? They uh, John Leguizamo. Yeah, he like held him up against the wall. Yeah, because he yeah because he was like didn't know how serious he was and shit. But then of course, anytime you talk about Steven Seagal, the best story of Steven Seagal where he shit himself. Is where he Gene LaBelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same guy that Brian Danielson did the. Uh, LaBelle lock. Yeah. Gene LaBelle, yeah. He would tell people all the time that he could make some shit. That he would he would basically choke you out. Yeah. And hold on to it a little bit longer and he could make you shit yourself. And Steven Seagal challenged him and talks, talked a big game. And he and shit his pants. <laughs> yeah. That's like that Instagram story you, you shared about. If you don't want to be at work, just shit yourself. Just shit yourself. Like, there's nothing worse than just shit yourself. <laughs> but they're going to send you home. You can't hide it. You can't be like, why do you have to go? But I just, I got to go. Just don't you look fucking at, duck walk don't look out. Don't look at me as I walk oh, away. Yeah, don't look at any part of my lower body. <laughs> or listen. Don't listen either. Because it might sound all squishy. Uh, I'm going to get a mop. Follow me out. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, he didn't shit himself. Fuck. Man, so, that would be the worst to shit yourself. Uh, again, as it had so many times before, the brutality employed by Dante against others wound up working just as effectively against himself. So he had his shot at becoming, like, you know, a big action movie star. Yeah. We could, we could still be talking about the films of Count Dante right Count now. Count Dante. He may have been in the same breath as Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, all those guys, but he just couldn't not actually punch people. <laughs> So, can you just, and we know that you can, but just don't. Just make it look less. <laughs> so, back to cool, or Dante telling Cooley, get your gun. Sorry I sliced your face open with yeah. a grazing blow, but go ahead and shoot at me. Get your gun, shoot at me. Yeah. I'm going to catch the bullet. Easy. So, that's what he told Cooley, but then he pulled a gun on Cooley and shot at him. Oh! He, he confused himself. That happens to me all the time. I'll say something and I'll misunderstand. Misunderstand? I'll misunderstand what I say and I just do something opposite. So. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck this guy. He missed. Of course, yeah. And Bob Cooley, that's, that's what cut that relationship. He's like, I don't think I want to hang out to you anymore. Well, well, he somehow, how good your weed he is. Somehow could not get, he couldn't shake Count Dante completely. <laughs> can't quit you, Count Dante! In 1974, uh, Count Dante had a financial interest in a chain of adult bookstores <laughs> and a car dealership. This guy's got his little fingers in everything. Fucking hair salon, dance studio, dojo, dance dojo studio, adult, bookstores, adult bookstore, car dealership. Car Jesus! He eventually ran afoul of Southside boss Jimmy the Bomber Katoro. Which, what do you think he did? Uh, probably, like, hung people with, like, ropes and stuff. Yeah. 
probably. And they'd be like, man, that's the bomb how he fucking made that guy die with a robe. Definitely how he got that name. Probably. Uh, and Cooley was called in to intercede. Uh, Dante, Cooley writes, paid twenty-five grand to Kataro and emerged unscathed. But the situation apparently gave him the connection with organized crime he'd been seeking for some time. In the fall of if 70- I could just get my way in. In the fall of 74, Dante was subpoenaed by the state's attorney and given a lie detector test about his possible role in the heist of more than $4 million from the headquarters of Purolator Security. A Chicago Tribune item from November says he was slated to appear before a grand jury with Katara. It describes Dante as a former hairdresser who wears a cloak and calls himself Count Dante. Which, yeah, sure, if you're going to just, you know, <laughs> reduce him to that. Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. I'm so much more than Dude. this cloak. Okay. He also <laughs> shoots at people yeah. telling him to shoot him. Yeah, and I rip dicks off, okay? <laughs> he does a lot. <laughs> the experience seemed to shake Dante, and by 1975, he was clearly unwell. Uh, people remember him stumbling through conversations. Uh, he was mixing booze and painkillers a lot. He made a last attempt to revive his martial arts career by hosting a tournament in Massachusetts on March 16th. The karate world was unimpressed. A piece in official karate... They said, meh. Meh. Mid. A uh, piece in official karate on the event titled Sunday Bloody Sunday characterized Dante as looking bored and concluded that whatever the reasons for his expo... The resulting product was trash. Uh, Hated it! In an interview with uh, Attleboro, Massachusetts Sun Chronicle to promote the event, this is promoting it, Oh yeah. Dante stated that, I just want people to forget me. <laughs> what? It doesn't matter, man. Whatever. I don't I that was like a bright eye song. I, I hope I can be here. I hope I ain't forgotten when I die. But if you're trying to promote <laughs> an event that you want to come people, come people or have people come watch, like I just want you to forget about it completely before it happens. Just, yeah, I don't want you to know who I am. No, I wouldn't come. It's Twenty dollars <laughs> this Sunday. I'm gonna break some raw noodles. Whatever. whatever. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> Time's nothing. <laughs> he died two months later. Oh. On May 25th, nineteen. He died doing what he loved, catching bullets, telling people to forget about him. <laughs> hey, forget about me. Uh, his death somewhat remains a mystery. According to Wikipedia, he died in his sleep due to internal hemorrhaging caused by a bleeding ulcer. His uh, wife, however... Why? <laughs> had a wife the whole time. Wow! A in this There's one. a nice Shyamalan thing at the end. I can't imagine that relationship. That is like... I feel like being married to Count Dante is like Lois Griffin being married to Peter... D- Peter Griffin, like, yeah. just always up to some hijinks, <laughs> always some new bullshit I'll you count. gotta put up with. Uh, she stated publicly her doubts about the bleeding ulcer, uh, pointing at how, in the autopsy report, coroners wrote that her husband's whole insides had been strangely eaten away as if by cancer. But they didn't put that on the death certificate, she claimed, which, I don't know if they usually write... How does she, yeah, how does she know about his insides? Sh- I mean, I'd hope she would. (laughs) And despite the official coroner's report, rumors suggesting other more provocative alternatives that explain Dante's demise were passed through the proverbial grapevine. One that circulated around Chicago for years after his passing suggested that Dante had himself been on the receiving end of a deadly dose of dim mock. Oh, you're like Bruce motherfucking Lee! And was dispatched in a late-night duel at the hands of a now-nameless sensei from a Uh. Southside dojo. 
uh, he went to rip his dick off and it was a lady. And he was like, what do I do? And she had, like, goggles on, so he's trying to, like, eye butt fuck, you know, get the eyes out. He couldn't do that. She and was ready. He was just like, kill me. Yeah. He'd met his match. Did. Yep. Yep. And then she ripped his throat out. You can't rip a dick off someone who doesn't have a dick. <laughs> Another suggested that Dante had died under an order issued by the mafia, killed by the way of the subdermal injection of cancer cells. So they went for the long game there. Yeah. (laughs) Similar to a claim. The mob loves the long game. They also said the same thing had happened to Jack Ruby. Uh, Keehan was buried in an unmarked grave. Which is rude. Yeah, what the fuck? He we know like, who he is. He did all types of shit, man. He danced, he cut hair, he had a car salon, car salon, a car dealership, porn store. Nobody thought to like just buy the, like, just come put on. it. Put a fucking name on so, there. All his grave in St. Joseph Cemetery in River Grove. His legacy is modest. Shortly before he died, he helped his friend and protege, William Aguilar, set up a school in Fall River, Massachusetts, and appointed him his successor as Supreme Grand Master of the Black Dragon Fighting Society. That's that's a lot to fit on a card. That's so much. You got to turn it over there for the, 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 the first. It, it's marked. If you look up in the left hand corner, it says one of two, and then you flip it over, the other side says two of two. So start with the one of two. It's a Grand Master. And it says a little continued. Continued. Yeah. Arrow pointing over. So don't start on the second side. It won't make sense. If you read the second side, then flip over and read the first side. You don't know what's going on. So start with the first side, one and two, and then turn it over, two and two. And that's my business card. Anyways, Call me. let me give you my second card. <laughs> I have my phone number on it. Yeah. Uh, Aguilar died in January of, uh, I think it was 2018, uh, leaving his son in charge. In San Francisco, Bob Calhoun leads a band called Count Dante <coughs> and the Black Dragon Fight, Fighting Society. Okay. Originally knowing little about Keyhan outside of the comic book ads, he invented an outsized stage persona that, that's part punk, part karateist, part motivational speaker, and he wears leopard print caminos on stage. I don't ever want to meet that guy. Uh, I mean, all the power to him. Do you think, boo? There has been multiple cease and desist orders sent to him. Uh, but it's never been settled in court. Yeah, my life's got an unmarked grave! You got, you can't use his likeness? You the fuck about his likeness, then? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Otherwise, the person most interested in Count Dante seems to be... Us? A filmmaker oh. named Floyd Webb, who is currently working on a documentary called The Search for Count Dante. Got called Utah Steven Seagal is nuts. Uh, Webb imagines the film will reflect Keyhan's era as much as the man himself. Uh, Webb says his story embodies every kind of macho popular culture bullcrap. It's got discos and Rush Street and pet lions. You can't write shit this good. As of this episode, Webb is still working on completing the documentary. He posts regular updates on the Search for Count Dante Facebook page. He appeared on the Curious City podcast last month to discuss the film. And on March 27th, he posted a message on Facebook stating... Good docs get stuck in limbo. That's where the search for Count Dante is now. Oh. Uh, I would recommend. Whose dick do I got to rip off to get this documentary I made? I want to see it. So Send I- this episode to the guy and just let him know. Like, wink, wink, I'll rip some dicks if it needs to be done. Uh, I would recommend uh, those listening, uh, go check out that Facebook page. Yeah. There's, like, some cool. Well, what was his name again? Uh, Floyd Webb. You oh, can yeah. go to, to the search for Count Dante. <laughs> go, to his, go to his website. Uh, huh? There's some cool like old pictures, some like old video footage and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Website. 
Because of the game. That's his name is Webb. I'll let you take over the next couple minutes. Oh, what? That's all I got. I, I shot everything. Website. Because his name is something Webb. Jonah. Shot your Webb. Frank Webb. Frank Webb. Jonah. Floyd Webb. Floyd. Floyd Webb. Floyd. Jonah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that was like all of like 20 seconds ago. You think I just remember fucking Floyd? No, I can't because, you know, I made a, made another effort at it. Well, it, uh, also, the only, I, I'm interested in the documentary, but I don't know why uh, I call it the search for Count Dante. Uh-huh. Because, like, I just read you where the unmarked grave is. Yeah. So, <laughs> find them. We know. Like, who was Dante, though? Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of Dante in all of us. I think so. <laughs> now, the whole time I read that story, uh, Every time I would say Dante, I can only picture Dante from Clerks, though. Oh, yeah. So then I'm just picturing He's not him. supposed to be here today. He's not supposed to be there today. No. 36 dick? <laughs> Good luck not sucking 37 dicks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's Kevin That was Dante. a missed line. You fucked it up, but I it's all right, yeah. I really want to watch that documentary, though. I'm super interested. This dude seems just insane. Yeah, he does. Uh Something about, something about karate goes to people's heads there's sometimes. Like, I was looking, if you do a Google search of them, there's like people doing like, com- like a comic book about them now, I yeah. think. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, like I'm kind of wrapped up in Count Dante at the minute. Uh, I can't believe we haven't got anything from him. You're deep. So, yeah, that is our episode on Count Dante. Uh, we're going to go practice our uh, ball gouging. Monkey stealing. Yeah, I'm going to make some nunchucks. I'm going to take some of your wrestlers and tie them together, and I'm going to have wrestling figure nunchucks. (laughs) You have to rip my dick off to stop me. (laughs) You've been waiting for that. I am going to take your eyes. Yeah. First, I want to take your ears. Oh. So that way I can show you that I did that. Yeah. And then I'm going to take your ears, or your eyes. Oh. And then I'm going to put them... I'm going to switch places. Oh, my ears will be my eyes. Yeah. My eyes will be my ears. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. They don't want to rip your dick off. All <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right off. Well, let's, let's, let's talk more ripping. All right. Let's get to it. <laughs> ripping in the tear. We'll be back sometime. We'll be back hopefully next weekend. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> tell everybody, please. Please, for the love of God. We'll be better next time. Uh, maybe, probably. Probably not. Joel's, yeah. you're a tired little boy. Yeah. You're a tired guy today. Yeah, I've been going to school too. Have big what? Yeah, I'm gonna become a, a taxidermy tax attorney. I don't know <laughs> what's happening right now. I decided to go to law school. A taxidermy tax attorney tax attorney. Yeah. So you're going to two schools? <laughs> no, I just want to help taxidermists out with their oh, taxes. Oh. So you're not going to be doing taxidermy? No, you're I'm, doing, I'm the tax attorney for taxidermy. Okay. Yeah. I think you need to work on that bit. <laughs> That's it. I just, just me saying it makes oh. me happy. That's the bit. Okay. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were legitimately going to school. No, and fuck that. Like, How the fuck have you not said anything about that? That is a big decision. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, Dad. Uh, I'm going to uh, rip my own dick off now. Yeah, this is what my parents felt like when I told them I was going to be a pro wrestler. Oh, <laughs> All right, we'll be back. I'm going to go to school. Bye. (laughs)